And we will. We are ready to go. Thank you for joining me today, New Hope Radio Dave Therrien. I'm bringing you the lively word of God, because that's what it is. It's lively. Alive and powerful, they say. We've been studying the place of compassion that it has in Christianity. And I think compassion is one of those calling cards of Christianity. And uh, you can't live the Christian way of life without having compassion in your heart, would you say? Compassion, you know, it's not only beneficial to the recipients because it helps them, we know that, and their need, but you know what else it does? It keeps the giver's heart soft. The compassionate person, when you show compassion, that keeps your heart soft. If there's one thing you don't want in life, it's a hard heart. So in the series so far, we've seen that God has shown compassion to us by sending his son to die for our sins. God expects us to show compassion to others because of that, because we receive compassion from him. We noted the compassion of the Good Samaritan. Remember that story? And Jesus shows us that anyone in need is our neighbor. Who's my neighbor? Anyone in need. That's who's your neighbor. And therefore, if they have a need, we have a responsibility to what? Show them compassion. And then we noted last time the compassion of the loving father. Oh, that's a good one. I love that one. The loving father showed compassion to the prodigal son. And it shows us that forgiveness begins in the heart of the one doing the forgiving. The father had forgiveness in his heart. And that's why he was able to forgive his son. Not because his son did anything right, but because the father's heart was right. You want to be a forgiving person? Get your heart right. And keep your heart right. And you'll be someone that can give forgiveness. Today we're going to wrap up the series, and we're going to learn how to put on a heart of compassion. Think of like putting on a coat, putting on your shoes, putting on a heart of compassion. You know, sometimes it seems like the Bible gives us some real difficult things to do. Did you ever notice that? It's like, wow, man, that's tough to do. We either think they're impossible, or perhaps only maybe, well, a few people can do them, but not everybody. We've got to remember that the Christian way of life is a supernatural way of life. You've got to remember that. It takes supernatural power, and that comes from where? The Holy Spirit residing inside of you. It takes God's power in us, realizing who we are in Christ, and then we can do those things. Now, when Paul the Apostle wrote to the Colossians, he reminded them who they were in Christ. That's a good lesson. Sometimes we forget who we are in Christ. Today, he's going to remind us as well. We'll be in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, boom, right out of the chute. Therefore, 
If you have been raised with Christ, what does it mean to be raised with Christ? It means you're born of God, saved by the blood. Therefore, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Now, keep seeking means the Christian life requires consistency. See, when you keep on doing something, you become consistent at it. And that means don't let things get in the way. Don't let things get in the way of seeking the things above. Don't let work get in the way. Don't let your responsibilities get in the way or your tiredness or your playtime. Don't let those things get in the way. Keep thinking straight. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. So we got a couple of commands here. Seek and set, right? Seek the things above. Set your mind on those things above. And now here it is, verse 3. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Wow. means that we're not who we used to be. We're someone else. We're a new creation in Christ. My life is hidden with Christ in God. And by the way, verse 4 adds Christ who is our life. I like that. Christ who is our life. Someone could say, oh, sports is my life. My career is my life. My children are my life. Music is my life. But only the Christian can say, Christ is my life. Maybe that's how you really know if you've got the faith, when you can say, Christ is my life. And if you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God, then Christ is and should be your life. Okay? Now, the good news is, When you can say, Christ is my life, you can also say, the world is not my life. Huh. It's like one or the other, right? Which one is it? Which one are you going to live for? You're going to live for Christ. You're going to live for the world. You can't serve two masters, right? You can't have one fit in the world, one fit in Christ. You know why? You split your pants. (laughs) You do the split. You can't do that. So, if Christ is my life, the world is not my life. Now that we understand who we are in Christ, we've got our identity somewhat ironed out. Here comes the compassion. In Colossians chapter 3, this is now verse 12. So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved. Now again, let me go slow here. It was the Jews that were first. Uh, the chosen of God, right? God those re- made those remarks to Israel. They're the, what, chosen people. A holy nation dedicated to God. To be beloved means loved by God. And that's the Old Testament history of Israel. God said to Israel in Jeremiah 31, I have loved you with an everlasting love, and therefore I have drawn you with loving kindness. But now, through Paul, God says these things to the Gentiles. God reveals how to live the supernatural way of life. 
So think about it. Now he says to us, as those who have been chosen of God, because you see, when you're in Christ, you become the chosen. You're not chosen to be in Christ. You're chosen because you're in Christ. Okay? Christ is the only chosen one. And when we're in him through faith, we become chosen. So now we're chosen of God. So we've got these virtues, these virtues that Jesus, well, Paul is talking about. And these are virtues that really, they have more to do with others than they do with our relationship with God. Think about that. They're not about our relationship with him. They're about our relationship with a fellow man. I think we need to hear more preaching about how to get along with people. We hear a lot of preaching about how to get along with God. But we need to learn how to get along with people. It's the basic Christian virtues that govern human relationships. It's through God that we relate to one another, and here's how we do it. Here's how we relate to each other. Verse 12, put on okay, a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Think about putting on your clothes. Right, You get up in the morning, you probably look silly in your funny pajamas. That's okay. No one can see. But then you get prepared and you get ready to go out and you get dressed. And hopefully you dressed decently, right? And everywhere you go, you're wearing those clothes. Now, think of these as articles of clothing. A heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So everywhere you go, you are wearing these virtues. You have compassion toward people. You treat people kindly. You have humility, which means you're not arrogant and prideful. You can be gentle. And you can be patient, just like your clothing. You wouldn't go out with no clothing. Well, don't go out without compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Put them on. Again, It takes supernatural power to live a supernatural life. And we need God's divine power to live in these virtues. And where you struggle in any of these areas, that's the place to go to God. Go to God to get that strength, get that power. See, it takes more than being saved to live the Christian life. It takes growing in these graces. I think, you know, don't be satisfied with your salvation. Grow. Grow up. Grow up into godliness. Grow up into Christ-likeness. You don't stay a baby all the time. The baby grows up. And we are to grow up into Christ. And it's hard, we know. Sometimes the world seems too big, doesn't it? We can become overwhelmed with all that we have to do. You know, you're you're going, going, going all day long, mentally, emotionally, physically, intellectually, we can get drained. And then by the evening, we're like, so tired, so worn out. 
You just want to sit down, you know, quiet. See, we can become overwhelmed. And life, life has a tendency to just keep on piling more and more until we feel like our life is just an existence. And not at all what God intended it to be. Did you ever feel like that? I'm just getting by day after day after day. Nothing good. Nothing exciting. Nothing joyful happening. But here's how you change it. When we put on a heart of compassion, it brings everything back into perspective. Having a heart of compassion is a very healthy thing to do. You know why? Because we have invited someone else into our life. See, when we become self-consumed, we can become very discouraged, very depressed, because we're just thinking about I, I, I. But, But compassion means I'm inviting someone else in, and then we're not consumed with ourselves, we're not absorbed with our own lives, which is very tiring. Oh, yes, it is. It's tiring. And the other side of the coin, when you live in that virtue, you bring hope to others as well. So think about it. Showing compassion, man, it goes both ways. You help the one that receives it, and you do a wonderful work in your own heart. You really do. You know, the ancient world was unfamiliar with mercy. Yeah, sadly, many people are today as well. Many were not the recipients of gentleness, kindness, patience. You know, it was a pagan world in the ancient days. These virtues weren't that known. And today the world is becoming pagan all over again. And these virtues are a stranger to many people. They really are. So you can see the importance of God's people demonstrating these wonderful virtues. And you know what it does? It gives people hope. Oh, yeah. You want people to have hope? You can be the the vehicle that does it by demonstrating these virtues before others. The ancient historian Josephus, he likened kindness to a man who dug a well, and then he gave it over to someone else rather than fight about it. That's kindness. Think about that. Guy digs a deep, deep well with a shovel. And somebody comes along and says, hey, that's my well. And rather than fight over it, he says, here, take it. That's kindness. Giving something of yourself is kindness. Giving your time, that's kindness. Giving your affection is kindness. Giving maybe resources if they're needed, kindness. Jesus told the story of a good Samaritan to show people what kindness was about. Kindness and compassion. He gave up his time. He gave up his resources. He gave up his medical possessions. He gave up his plans, his journey to Jericho. He gave up a lot. Why? Because virtue was in his heart. See, when these virtues are in your heart, they take control. And you find yourself being a compassionate individual, you don't even have to think about it. 
You don't have to decide, oh, do I want to show compassion? Do I want to show kindness? I don't know. No, you don't even think about it. You just do it. That's how you know that you've got it. See, we live in a world today, man, people want to fight about everything, don't they? They want to fight about their rights. They want to fight about their possessions. They want to fight about their parking space. The craziest thing, there was a show on TV. I saw it once. I said, this is crazy. I don't even know if it's on anymore. Neighbors, like neighbors that were fighting each other over stupid things. I said, man, people that that ignorant, that rude, and they'd be coming out with two by fours. And <laughs> I'm like, I don't call this entertainment. I didn't like it. I couldn't watch it. It made my stomach turn upside down where these people were going at each other. I'm like, this is crazy. And yet, you know what? People call it entertainment. They call, they call things that are kind of pathetic entertainment. People not getting along, entertainment. People cussing each other out, entertainment. People kicking each other's cars, entertainment. I don't know. It doesn't entertain me. I like things that have a redemptive value. If something's got a redemptive value that you're watching, that's beautiful. But if it doesn't, you could ask yourself, why am I watching this stuff? If there's no redemption there, if it's not going to build me up in who I am, why am I going to do, why am I going to let it drag me down? I need to see something that's going to build me up. So people fight over what is theirs. And that's the problem today. It's a me, me, me world that we live in. And that's why compassion changes it. Compassion makes room, oh, here it comes. Compassion makes room for others in your life. You know, there's always room for jello, right? Well, there's always room for others. Do you have room for others in your life? Do you have wobble room? where your life is not so rigid and so absolute that there's no room for others. There's no room to be kind to someone. No room to be patient with someone. I know patience is tough, you know. It's something like we have to keep being put in a situation where we have to be patient in order to learn patience. And for me, it's lines. I hate lines. Oh, I don't like them. And I've gotten out of many of them, but some I have to stay in. And that's where God is teaching me to be patient. And I, I, sometimes I do pretty good. Sometimes I don't do that good. But sometimes I do pretty good. So the point is compassion <clears throat> makes room for others in your life. Because you know what Paul said in the next verse? Verse 13, Colossians 3, bearing with one another. Oh, one another. Bear with one another. The word means endure. Don't be so quick to spaz out on somebody. You know, don't be so quick to lose your cool. It happens. Oh, people do that. Boom. They're like walking time bombs. The littlest thing sets them off. But Paul said, no, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. That's a big one. People don't like to forgive. They like to receive it, but they have a hard time giving it. But you see, in order to give forgiveness, you have to receive it. 
because you can't give what you don't have. So you have to think about all the forgiveness God has given you. Think of forgiveness like a bank. The more I put in the bank, the more I can take out. The more I realize God has forgiven me and I store it away in my bank, the more forgiveness I will have to give to others. And there it is. So we have to really think about it. How much has God forgiven me for? A lot. I know he's forgiven me of a lot. So therefore, I've stored that forgiveness in my bank. And then I do the best I can to try to forgive others with the forgiveness that God has given to me. See, you're transferring the forgiveness you received towards someone else. And then Paul said, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just shut up. (laughs) Well, no, he didn't say that. He said, just as the Lord forgave you, so should you forgive them. There it is. If you've got a complaint against somebody, before you go attacking them and mouthing off and criticizing them and gossiping about them, wait, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you forgive them. See, it all comes back to, well, what's God done for me? A lot. Well, then I need to do that for my fellow man. Don't let a quarrel with someone interfere with your relationship with God. Because it can. You can ruin your fellowship with God if you don't have good relationships with people. Many believers who live in unforgiveness think they're okay with God. How do you know if you're okay with God? How do you know? Well, is this happening? Verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. That's how you know. How do you know if you're okay with God? Is the peace of Christ ruling in your heart, to which indeed you were called into one body, and be thankful. There it is. Two things. Two things going on. When you're good with God, you're going to have these two things going for you. Number one, peace in your heart. And number two, you'll be thankful. Those two things. So I have to ask myself, do I have God's peace? And am I thankful? Don't let the world shape and mold you to its fashion. You know, the fashion of the world, I don't know. It's not appealing. It doesn't offer anything good. The fashion of the world sets people against each other. But the ways of God brings people together. Therefore, be empowered by God. Put on a heart of compassion so you can be a blessing to the world and also to those in your own personal life. We all have a little world that we're living in as well as living in the big world. And in our little world, we want to really make a positive impact and let these virtues reign in our daily lives. Because it's not just professing to be a Christian. It's really fleshing out the godly virtues that God has placed inside of us. They're there. 
They're there. So let me remind you how to do it. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. Okay? Seek those things. Seek and set. And remember who you are in Christ. Your identity is in Christ. It's not in the world. It's not in how you dress or what you do for a living. Your identity is in Christ. And all the world's a stage. And we get to act out who we are in Christ. That's what we do. So think about it. Is is compassion important? I think it's the main thing. For God so loved the world, right, that what? He had compassion, and he gave. He gave his only begotten son for us, that whoever believes in him would never perish but have everlasting life. God did that for us. That's compassion. That's kindness. And he's patient today, still waiting for more people to get saved. I'm like, let's go. Hurry up. What are you waiting for? Because we want to get out of here. Waiting for the rapture. Let's get out of this crazy world. So people need to hear the gospel so they can respond. And when that last person is saved, whoosh, we're going up. And when I see that person in heaven, I'm going to say, what took you so long? Why'd you have to drag your feet? We could have been out of here a long time ago. But no, you had to wait. (laughs) But anyway, at least they did. You know how much the world needs you? A lot. They need to know what God is like. And they're going to discover what God is like when you live in the the qualities, the virtues, the characteristics of Christ. That's how they're going to know. And that's what's going to draw them to Christ. Because they see Christ in you. And that's why it's so important Seek the things above. Set our mind on the things above. Develop a heart of compassion. It keeps our heart soft. And it provides a wonderful blessing to others as well. Hey, you want to hear this again? Maybe you do. I don't know. The Hope Club Podcast. That's all you need to know. The Hope Club Podcast. Look for the message, How to Put on a Heart of Compassion. It's also on our website, newhopecc.tv. Thank you for coming along today. Hope it helped. I'll see you next time.